1: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
0: Hey, everyone. It's Ted from Consumer Cellular, the guy in the orange sweater, and this is your wake-up call.
3: Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show.
0: So the CDC director is imploring us to go out and get our boosters. Did you know that half of Americans have not received even their first booster? So similar to my complaint about all the vaccine talk for children, and they always leave out of the story. You realize, like, practically no parents are actually doing this. Mm. Um, all the talk about booster shots and when they were available for who and everything like that. Half of Americans never even got the first booster.
3: So uh, for those of us who took, like, the Moderna, the, the two shots, are you talking about the third shot being the booster? I believe so. Uh, maybe okay, I'm yeah. wrong. I no, I think that's. you're right. I think you're right. I'm just not sure at this point, because now am I supposed to get another booster? Or I've lost track.
0: How many shots have I had? Have I had three or four? Do you know? Have you had three oh, or four? I, 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 three. You've had three? Yes. I think mm-hmm. I've had three also.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I uh, imagine my doctor will tell me if I ought to take another one. Um. But I, I really don't think much about the, the COVID at this point at all. Um, unless I find myself suddenly in a situation like a doctor's office where they insist on masks.
0: You know, I, I know we got other stuff to get to, but every because of this new variants going around right now and it's super easily spreadable and their cases are way up, not hospitalizations and death. I'm not worried about the disease, but cases are up. <laughs> And I was actually talking to somebody last night where they said, yeah, probably best you don't take the test. Because I was talking about, well, you can take a test. You got a COVID test. Why don't you take that and everything like that? Well, here's the deal. If I take the COVID test and it turns out I'm positive, even though I feel fine, if I'm going to if I'm gonna be conscientious and follow the rules, I have to cancel my babysitter. I have to not go into work. I have to. My son is flying to Texas for a week to visit his friend. I have to cancel that trip. Because they're going to ask him at the airport, have you been around anybody who's tested positive, which means he can't get on the bike? All kinds of major life things get changed if I test positive. And they said, and I agreed, eh, probably best you don't take the test, just in case. So that's what most people do,
3: right? Yeah, that's where we are right now. Yeah. Uh, You know... Let's do a couple more minutes on COVID, then we'll break on time for once in our lives, and then I will pay off the what is critical race theory, although oh. then we'll be up against a hard break, and then I might have to stop three quarters of the way through it, all because you couldn't stop talking.
0: Breaking news. WHO chief says the COVID-19 pandemic worldwide is nowhere near over.
3: No! Coronavirus! <laughs> I, like,
0: I like your reaction. No! <laughs>
3: So the always uh, invaluable Kevin, uh, the coronavirus expert, says, Guys, I'm glad you covered that L.A. is planning to reissue a mask mandate later this month when the county hits the CDC's completely arbitrary high community level. Once again, I have to say, called it. I emailed you back in February when the new metrics were announced as a means to take the win on COVID and lift the mask mandates. I predicted the metrics and would lead to mask mandates returning to blue areas this summer. And, of course, the upcoming winter, you did nail it indeed. Meet this new metric, same as the old metric. My question is on Jack's final thought yesterday, where he remarked on the incredulity of needing a COVID test for son in July of 2022, 860 days into 15 days to slow the spread. (laughs) And this is this is less a question about you, Jack, uh, than than the situation we're all in. My question is, why did Jack have his son take a COVID test? test you both remarked on how useless the tests are but seemed to imply that if jack's son had tested positive jack wouldn't have come to work why well our corporate rules yeah Kevin, in yeah. answer to your question yeah. because the corporate rules have not adjusted at all to the present reality they're following the science and- uh regardless i of the represent test science yeah do you regardless of the test results he's still sick with something why is covid the one disease that we're not w- willing to risk asymptomatically spreading to the rest of the crew is it a company policy yes Uh, I guess all these questions are to ask, why are you playing along with the Kabuki theater of COVID testing at all, especially when you both seem to recognize the complete absurdity of it? I I suppose to avoid getting in serious-ish trouble with the the company? I guess that's the only reason I pay any attention to it.
4: Yeah, and
0: uh, if you're going to... I, I guess his argument would be nobody should be following these rules. But if I do have COVID, even though I have no symptoms, I might have it right now. Um, even though if I have COVID and I bring it in here and, our you know, Hanson down the hallway gets COVID and then he gives it to his kids and his wife. Now, they've got all these decisions. Do we lie to our bosses and little league coaches and everybody else and say we haven't been exposed or
3: claim we don't? I, I, no, I don't know. Finally, and then I insist we end this segment and, and leap into the next one in moments, and it will be fascinating. If you're going to remark on how crazy it is to need a COVID test over two years into the pandemic, what are you planning to do at five years or ten years when you have the sniffles and it could be COVID? Mm. When is enough enough? And if not now, when? Anyway, 0 oh and 2. Yeah. Good questions. Solid questions. Absolutely. Yeah. So what is critical race theory? How does it fit into the civil rights movement? Is it actually just a theory taught in colleges? What about this equity stuff and the anti-racism? Is it all the same thing? Great piece describing it, summarizing it for you in a way you can understand. Coming up next.
1: The Armstrong and Getty
0: Show. If you haven't seen those images from the web telescope that first were revealed yesterday, we have them at our website, armstrongandgetty.com. New ones are coming out today that are supposed to be even more exciting. I don't know. The picture you saw yesterday is 4.6 billion years old. That's what it looked like 4.6 billion years ago. I need newer information,
3: so it's of no use to me. Bring me your newest wine. That's right. So what is critical race theory? Uh, James Lindsay has written, uh, co-wrote the brilliant book, Cynical Theories, uh, has summarized it nicely. I think a lot of people are wondering about it. They're wondering how it fits in, the, the, the definition constantly changing, the left's trying to convince you it's just paranoia uh, by conservatives. Uh, James writes, I've been asked a million times for a short introduction to critical race theory that hits the high points in a quick, straightforward way. Most people will have heard of CRT by now, but in case you haven't, it's a particular way of thinking about race and racism that developed first at Harvard Law School from the late 70s through the early 90s. Its stated objective is to question whether the Civil Rights Movement and Civil Rights Act's legislation improve the racial situation in Western nations, especially the U.S. Its true objective is to reorganize the social, cultural, and legal playing field in a way that claims to reverse, quote, historical injustices around the issue of race, allegedly without reproducing them. To keep this short and simple, I'll provide you with two quotes from the book, Critical Race Theory, an Introduction by critical race theorists Richard Delgado and Jean Stefanczyk. Uh, they summarize everything that critical race theory is really about in their own words. First, critical race theory views race and racism this way. Race is a political construction that was invented by white people to give themselves power while excluding from all other races from it. And racism is the ordinary state of affairs in society. It's present in all interactions, institutions, and phenomena, and effectively permanent in society. That is, critical race theory seems assumes racism is everywhere all the time. Systemic racism. What do critical race theorists believe? Probably not every member would subscribe to every tenet in the book, but many would agree on the following. Uh, racism is ordinary, not aberrational. You know, that kind of repeats what we just said, so I'll skip over it. Second, most would agree that our system of white over color ascendancy serves important purposes, both psychic and material. Uh, that means, uh, they, they mention interest convergence, uh, material determinism, uh, racism advances the interests of both white elites and working class people. The white elites get material gain out of it. And the working class get psychic affirmation out of it. Like the white working class people and large segments of society have little incentive to eradicate it. So all white people benefit from it, even if they're not elites, anything you want to throw in there, Jack, before no, I plunge on find okay. that interesting. Yeah. As you can see, critical race theorists believe that people who they claim benefit from systemic racism, which they declare to be the ordinary state of affairs, uh, is why critical race theorists say virtually everyone is racist. People who are especially skilled at finding the systemic racism and everything are called critical race theorists. They proceed according to a simplified version of the first assumption, uh, which can be expressed in the words of Robin D'Angelo. That's the, uh, the white guilt lady who's such a crackpot. White fragility is her book? That's it. White, white fragility, yeah. Quote, the question is not did racism take place, but how did racism manifest in that situation? That is, they assume racism is present in everything, all the time, and they look for it critically until they find it. Importantly, this is assessed subjectively according to the lived experience of racism and does not depend upon there being any evidence of racism. There's always racism. You just have to have the the theorist point it out. Uh, Second, critical race theory does not continue the legacy of the civil rights movement, as many incorrectly believe. It is against liberalism and the liberal order upon which Western societies are founded. It rejects both equality and neutral principles of constitutional law, which Lindsay points out were the backbone of both the abolitionist movement that ended slavery and the civil rights movement. Martin Luther King saying there's a promissory note that America owes to uh, black people and in the abolitionist movement. You stated these principles, now live up to them. Critical race theory rejects that thinking. It also rejects legal reasoning and enlightened rationalism. This makes critical race theory unreasonable, illiberal, against equality, and anti-American by definition. The CRT movement is a collection of activists and scholars engaged in studying and transforming the relationship among race, racism, and power. The movement considers many of the same issues that conventional civil rights and ethnic studies discourses take up, but places them in a broader perspective that includes economics, history, setting, group and self-interest, emotions, the unconscious. Unlike traditional civil rights discourse, which stresses incrementalism, step-by-step progress, critical race theory questions the very foundations of the liberal order, including equality, theory, legal reasoning, enlightened rationalism, and neutral principles of constitutional law. Critical race theory believes these bedrock liberal principles upon which free societies are built are ways that discrimination can be hidden and maintained rather than overcome. Oh, let's see. Uh let me skip ahead with the time we have left. As you can see, critical race theory presents a radically different view of our society and of us than most of us recognize or accept. They begin with the assumption of racism and look to find it. They say everyone who doesn't do this is complicit in the problem, including just for disagreeing with critical race theory. And they reject the fundamental liberal, reasonable, legal, and scientific principles upon which liberal societies operate. That is even though they touch on truths about racism and race in our world they are radicals in every sense of the world and there's almost no reason to believe they describe reality as it is and and much reason to believe they get the issue almost exactly backward
0: so what would what would be um i've never re- actually read one of these books <laughs> um and and probably won't um what, what what is their end goal i mean what would what would, would the desired
3: result look like I think the ones who are sincere about this, they want to tear down everything about Western society and rebuild it with a system that very carefully apportions everything according to race. There's no neutrality. The ref doesn't call him as he sees them. The ref gives more to the people who deserve more because they've been wronged by history. At all times, in all situations, including schools or, or uh, you know, uh, your pay at work, mm-hmm. who gets to talk in a meeting? Perhaps you've been involved in one of those meetings where you're being dragged into your your uh, conference room, and your HR director introduces the nice uh, equity, inclusion, and diversity uh, lecturer who who quickly says, eh, "White people, you got nothing to say about this. The colored people are going to tell us about it." So everything is apportioned according to race. It is the anti-M. L. King philosophy. You will be judged by the color of your skin every single moment of your life from birth.
0: So then, would the end goal eventually be though everybody has this, the every race has the same amount of stuff? So the average income for whites, blacks, Asians, Hispanics would all be the the same. Yeah, for sort instance, of Ut- utopia
3: of equality. Yeah, although the way be a hard they're thing to accomplish. Right. The way they're going to get there is to grant themselves the power to discriminate by race, Right. the power to censor, the power to ruin your job, your life, your career by calling you a racist just because you disagree with their philosophy. So to bring us this utopia, they are insisting they should get a license to practice every evil that every awful regime or or a period of American history, for instance, has practiced. Give us the power to exercise evil, and we will bring you good, is their play? Mm. in short. And yes, if you'd like to uh, read this entire thing, because I skipped over parts for uh, brevity's sake, it's uh, published now under hot links at armstrongandgetty.com. Again, that's armstrongandgetty.com. It's a good little summary.
0: The... Um what would be perfect? The perfect right amount of time here. Maybe I'll get to this next segment. News consumption has taken a nosedive in the first half of 2022 as the uh, uh, data is just coming out. We're consuming way much, way less news than we were last year, mm-hmm. and we can talk about that. Um, I, f- I'll, I'll, I'll bet I know without even digging into it the reason why that is. I think there's two reasons. I think we're all burnout. The news cycle has been insane for six years. Mm-hmm. So we're burnout. And two, as I kept saying yesterday, whenever I hear any headline now, my first thought is okay, where's the lie in this? No matter where it's coming from. Right. How am right. I being spun? How much work do I have to do to figure out whether what this headline is kind of true, not true at all, whatever? Right. What fundamental fact did they leave out? That I really need to know. Every headline now comes as a homework assignment. And at some point, I mean, if you don't, I I do this for a living, so I kind of have to. But if you don't do it for a living, I can see why a lot of people decide, you know what? I don't feel like doing a homework assignment right now. So I think I'll just ignore your headline and uh, watch sports or listen to music or smoke pot or something. I don't yeah. watch the news. Good go,
3: son. Good, good decision, son. Uh, and and actually, of all people, Jonathan Turley, uh, the great constitutional uh, scholar, uh, opened a recent editorial with a quote from the Hulk in the Avengers. That'd be the large green gentleman. Yes, indeed. Quote: "That's my secret. I'm always angry." Turley's uh, headline is: "Say you want a revolution, you can count me out." And one of the points he's making is the every the 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 never ending anger of American politics and journalism and editorializing, but that's 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 also what's burning people out. The idea that if you're not and and trust me, I look at the emails. There's a fair number of you who've fallen from this for this poisonous cultish belief that if you are for a single second not enraged. Well, then you're not fighting the fight. And if, right. if Jack and I are for a single second not enraged, well, we're rhinos or liberals or something or other. Squishes. Squishes? Is that a thing? Yeah. Don't be huh? a squish. Or a cook.
0: More on that coming up in just a second. So a new Thor movie came out over the weekend. I'll probably see that with my son at some point. One of my favorite things in the Avenger whole thing, which I watch because I have kids. Is the the ongoing dialogue between Thor and the Hulk over who's strongest? I find that <laughs> hilarious. <laughs> uh, the Thor character is a very funny guy. Um, yeah, so we're taking in less news. Some of the details on that, among other things, that new telescope is super cool, and we're going to get more images coming out today. There are you? Know how many stars there are? If 30. you don't, if you don't know, stay tuned. Yeah, thirty. Joe Joe gave it away. There are thirty.
3: And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So
1: join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com.
3: No purchase necessary. BGW group. Void are prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.
1: Nobody wants to outlive their money, but it happens, especially for women. That's why Gainbridge offers the Parity Flex annuity is designed for women's unique retirement needs with flexible withdrawals to help cover unexpected expenses, plus a guaranteed lifetime income benefit that keeps paying you even if your account balance is zero. In other words, it's like getting a paycheck for life. We'll say that again, a paycheck for life, guaranteed. Sounds too good to be true? It's not, it's the Parity Flex annuity. And it's one more example of their commitment to creating a better financial future for women. One where they feel empowered, not excluded and ready to take on whatever their next chapter holds. GameBridge believes financial flexibility and security are things we all could use more of. At retirement income you can't outlive is the ultimate flex. Who's with us? Start saving now at GameBridge.io. Please visit gamebridgeio slash parityflex for current rates, for product disclosures and disclaimers, and other important information.
2: slash iheart
3: the
4: armstrong and getty show
0: well put your shoes on now why because i'm gonna go fight this girl and if her son
3: comes out i need you to fight him okay if there's this girl I have to go fight, and if her daughter tries to jump in, I need you to fight it. help me fight her, too. Come get your
2: shoes on. I don't know how to fight
0: yet. That sounded like the same mom. Uh, a new. I never can tell if anything is actually a trend or if just one person did it somewhere. So a new TikTok thing, apparently, is a trend on the video-sharing app that involves parents asking their kids to defend them in a fight. As divided users, with some saying it's promoting violence in young children. It's hashtag Hashtag Fight Prank has over 24.8 million views on TikTok. I don't have any idea. It generally involves parents asking their children to put their shoes on because they have to fight another parent and need backup.
3: The kids' reactions are then filmed. We usually, uh, I watch this and um, was disgusted by it, but the parents say, yeah, I need you to come out because they have a little girl and you need to fight the little girl. Or uh, in case there's a little boy out there, I'm going to need you to fight him. And the kids are alternately, like, okay, or terrified or or sickened by the fact that they're about to engage in violence, and it's hilarious for the adults to watch. You know, one of the hardest parts about being an old man
0: is not coming off as an old man, because it's kind of baked into the cake of how I come off being an old man. Mm. But you youngsters in your TikTok videos, I mean, how much free time do you have? How much entertainment <laughs> do you need? I feel like I'm... I'm I'm struggling to fit in all of my life. I am I I have no time as a parent with a job and kids to like, geez, I'm just bored to death right now. What is the latest trend that I can sit down and spend an hour watching videos on? Because I am so bored. That never happens to me. Do y'all not have jobs or have some children? Do something other than this.
3: Well, you're you're on it. Number one, no children. Number two, in many cases, uh, no or severely reduced actual interaction with human beings.
0: You know, I was that's I, how they have the time. I was saying that uh, for comedic effect. Whether that was successful or not, I do not know. But in reality, you know, having been uh, childless till I was forty-five, the amount of free time you have pre-kid versus post-kid is like you know night and day. I mean, empty
3: nester here.
0: Math checks. <laughs> I mean, it's just it is night and day. I have zero, and before I had kids, I had a fair amount. So I guess that is it. Um, what order should I do this? And maybe I'll mention this first. The news consumption thing, which kind of fits in with this a little bit, I think. People are just worn out, apparently, by the news for a variety of reasons. It could be just too many big stories for too long. COVID, the election, Supreme Court rulings, whatever, and people are worn out. Also, the news we get is more tiring than it used to be. There's no getting around that. News stories that years ago when I was younger that would just give you a couple of facts don't wear you out the way news stories designed to get an emotion out of you Mm -hmm. do wear you
3: out. I think a big part of that is probably the difference between a subscription economy for uh, the news business or uh, tuning in fairly loyally every night at 6 or whenever the, the you know network news is where you live. Uh, it's gone from that to a click economy, story by story, impulse by impulse. Yeah, and
0: everybody's struggling to figure out which one's going to get them the most clicks and the most eyeballs, I guess. And it's all so spread out now uh, that... If you can latch on to a story, apparently, that, that people are into, you stick with it. MSNBC is relentless on the January 6th thing. I mean, just yeah. relentless. And I think, wow, is there really an audience that wants that all day, every day? Maybe. Um, ABC Evening News last night, I thought it was interesting. They opened with the fires in Yosemite and then went to COVID. As, as it had a bit of a feel of me like kind of flailing around, saying, hey, is anybody interested in this stuff? trying mm-hmm. to figure out what they can offer that's unique. Anyway, back to the story. More Americans are tuning out of the news coverage in 2022 than at the beginning of last year, according to a new report. Axios reported this earlier in the week, citing data from um, a whole bunch of different people, Nielsen Ratings, News Whip, and different organizations I haven't heard of that keep track of
3: this sort of thing. Social media... Tra- Why? Wow, wait a minute, there's a News Whip? So like you're a reporter and you go interview somebody and they don't want to talk and you just... you you whip them?
4: Barbaric!
0: It is! Social media traction of news articles specifically is down 50% from last year. That's a pretty big drop, the analysts found. While news media app sessions are down 16%, unique visitors to the top five news sites in our country are down 18% collectively. So we're taking in quite a bit less news. Uh, All cable news viewership is down a lot, except for Fox, which is up a little. Um, although Fox is the only one offering that point of view, and always and Almost. has been for a long time
3: on TV, yeah. yeah, you get your OAN and your Newsmax, depending on what system you have. Do I get those channels? <laughs> I don't know. I don't live at your house, <laughs> which which I thank God for. Yeah, oh, likewise. <laughs> We're agreed.
0: <laughs> now I don't even know if I get those channels. I suppose I should check them out. Mm-hmm. Um. Uh, news consumption through social media is way down. Uh, interactions on social media for news articles have dropped 42 percent this year compared wow. to the first half of uh, 2019. So anyway, we're uh, we're either worn out or don't like the way it's being presented, or both. I think it's probably both.
3: Well, in in the whole Trump v the resistance thing was really peaking in 2019. So everybody was fevered, an election year, etc. So it makes sense it would be down. But I will tell you this, uh, since uh, clearly I do this for a living. It's odd we'd get paid for it, but we do, thank God. Um, and I will often mention what I do for a living when I'm meeting new people. And the the increase in the number of people who say, you know, I've really kind of stopped paying attention. Yep. I'm just burned out. Yep. Is, is striking.
0: Yeah. Well, as I've said several times in the last couple of days, and I'll probably be saying maybe for the rest of my life, I hope not. If every story you hear is a lie on some level, it's just tiring. Mm-hmm. And, and if I didn't do this for a living, I could easily see, you know what, I'll check the biggest headlines. I mean, if a new war starts or there's a presidential election, I'll probably look and see who won. But mm-hmm. other than that, I'm just done with the day-to-day misleading headline that's supposed to make me angry. And I don't feel like putting in the effort to figure out how big a lie your headline is because they
3: All are lies. All headlines are. Well, and I was doing some reading the other day about, um, I think it was... Fox News, particularly Tucker Carlson's show, they've done a bunch of research, and we're looking at the second-by-second, who's watching, who tunes in, who tunes out, and they've become much more attuned to that sort of presentation. Keep you engaged, keep you engaged, keep you engaged. And I get it from a business perspective, but as we've all learned, the greatest minds in our generation at the various social media outlets have learned that what keeps you engaged, what gets you most interested, what gets you the most clicks, is A, anger... And, B, that kind of tribal political anger. So they're in the business of selling anger. That's why they exist. And, you know, as the consumer of quote-unquote news, to know that I'm actually being fed anger intentionally explains why that's why i'm kind of edgy i guess and that's why i I, I, uh, get the feeling more and more that i don't want to subject myself to this stuff
0: we're definitely going through something and the consumer will decide what we want i'm hoping that people the 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 drop-off um the news media will have to react with okay the anger thing isn't working and the poking the bear with a stick is not working let's try something Mm -hmm. different cnn appears to be trying something different i find cnn like Um, refreshing to flip on most of the time now, and it hasn't been that way for many, many years, but they kind of run through some stories that don't seem to have an angle that's trying to make me mad. I hope that becomes the norm.
3: Yeah, I would say their opinion shows are still obnoxious, and there are a handful of their anchors who are insufferable to me and still biased. I don't watch
0: hardly any opinion shows on any channel anymore. Right. Just whatever.
3: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, more on Jonathan Thurley's essay about everybody being angry all the time and the idea of revolution in the air and how stupid it is. But a quick word from our friends at Simply Safe Home Security. Simply Safe protects you and your family and your stuff from intruders and burglaries, break-ins, randos, junkies, empty in your garage, that sort of thing. But also protects you against home hazards from fires to flooding.
0: 24-7 professional monitoring with all these
3: different things
0: and then they determine what's the best thing. Do we dispatch, dispatch police to your home or some sort of emergency health or whatever? Or do you have, you know, leak in your basement or what do you need? Simply Save uses their proprietary video verification technology so that monitoring agents can visually confirm the threat in order to get high priority 911 dispatch to your home. And this all costs like a dollar a day. You install it yourself,
3: and there are no long-term contracts. No hidden fees either. Customize the perfect system for your home in just a few minutes. Use our code, simplysafe.com slash armstrong. Go today, claim a free indoor security camera, plus you get 20% off with interactive monitoring because you used our code, simplysafe.com slash armstrong. Check out the wireless outdoor camera. Trust me on that. Simplysafe.com slash armstrong.
0: So on-air meeting, do you want to... Go further with the media consumption thing now, or next segment, or pay off the uh, Webb telescope thing?
3: You know, I'm feeling like uh, we covered the media thing pretty thoroughly. We can dip back into that and Turley's editorial and the rest of it next hour, maybe.
0: So the first glimpse of the new James Webb Space Telescope came out yesterday. It was just an image or two that President Joe Biden released um, there, with the help of NASA and said some flowery things about, you know, mankind and reaching out in
3: the future and blah, 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 uh, which is all so nice. never beat Captain Kirk space. The final frontier. That's pretty good.
0: It's the deepest and sharpest infrared image of the distance universe to date, according to NASA. And there are going to be a whole bunch more that come out today. The image taken by Webb's near infrared camera is composed of images taken at different wavelengths of light over the course of 12 and a half hours because it's so dark and the light is so faint from so far away. Oh, you got to hold the satellite really still, or else you get the the, you get the Yeah, it's, it's all boring. The Hubble yeah. telescope's deepest fields took weeks to capture, so it's not a very quick process taking these pictures. The rest of the high-resolution color images are going to make their debut today, and I look
3: forward to seeing those. I think they were trying to contrast the Hubble, which took weeks, with the Webb, which oh, took hours. Gotcha. I yeah. gotcha. I get it.
0: But here's an answer to a couple of questions that are absolutely fascinating and, and really mind-boggling when you think about it. Because this, this picture was of many, many, many galaxies. So a galaxy is a, a big chunk of stars in one spot. We're in a solar system, right? The, right, planet, yeah. the planet's going around a star is a solar system. Mm-hmm. Then a whole bunch of stars grouped together are a galaxy. And there Ours is the
3: Milky Way, for instance, right? Yeah,
0: and, and you look at the Milky Way at night when you got, you know, if you're someplace where it's dark enough and you get the right kind of lighting, and it's just astonishing how many stars there are in, in the Milky Way, which is just one galaxy. How many galaxies are there? They think there are two trillion
3: galaxies. I can't comprehend that. You can't
0: comprehend that. You absolutely can't comprehend that there might be two trillion Milky Ways. They'd be of various sizes, obviously. So how many stars are there with each star having one to hundreds of planets going around them at different, you know, temperatures or not that could sustain life or many or not? How many stars are there? They estimate there are 100 billion to 400 billion stars within our galaxy. Just our galaxy.
3: Wait a minute. Fascinating
0: the number of stars total, if you get all the galaxies, they think it's 200 billion trillion. 200 billion trillion stars, or to put it another way, that's 200 sextillion. Sextillion's actually a word. That's not just a little kid made-up word. Gazillion bazillion. Sextillion sounds like a Prince song, unreleased, (laughs) until now.
4: That's 200
0: 200 billion trillion stars, I've heard it put as... uh, this is probably a guess, but it helps you with picturing it. There are as many stars as there are grains of sand on Earth, mm-hmm. and they all have planets around them. And if you think, there's well, not no...
3: all. No, not all of them have planets around them. I took an astronomy course. That is incorrect. I You're won't right. have you feeding misinformation You're right. and disinformation. The fact check. You're right. They don't
0: all have planets around them, but a lot of them do. And uh, there are so many planets. Just you know, uncountable number of planets. Also, and to think that there's no life on any of them is just insane. Fact check. <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs> Click here for more information on which stars have planets around them.
0: But that's that. You can't. You cannot wrap your head around that much stuff out there in space.
3: No, indeed, and the day-to-day quibbles and annoyances of life do seem a tad small when <laughs> you consider that.
1: <laughs> right, uh, more on the way. Stay with us, Armstrong. And Getty show.
3: Raul helped build this organization with the understanding that the diversity of this community as distinct as
1: the Bogodas of the Bronx, as beautiful as the blossoms of Miami, and as unique as the breakfast tacos here in
4: San Antonio.
3: Oh, boy. The first lady is uh, strike dose in trying to pander to the Hispanic folks. Every time she tries to throw around a little Spanish, she screws it up. There she was at some sort of uh, activist groups meeting, and it's not good.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah. So after saying Cisa Pudwe and getting mocked for it, you'd have thought somebody would anyway, whatever. That's that story. So that's Jill Biden. I don't understand why we ever hear from presidential spouses, and I'll feel the same way if there's ever a a man,
3: first man. The outrage industry is trying to get us stirred up that she compared people to tacos, which is a Mm. cliche, but nobody's actually offended by that, so shut up.
0: Uh. Um, I'm not actually offended by Hunter Biden's lifestyle. It sucks for him. Um, uh, whether or not it's related to the president is kind of interesting, and if that stuff ever is really looked at, blah, blah, blah. But here's here are a few things that have come out in the last couple of days. Hunter Biden could face prostitution charges for transporting hookers across state lines and disguising checks to them as payments for medical services so he could be in trouble with taxes. He could be in trouble with transporting hookers. Okay, whatever. That's Hooker his, packer. That's his whole he's a crackhead problem thing that he's got. Uh, this is mostly just entertaining. Hunter Biden called his stepmom Jill Biden, who we just heard, a vindictive moron and an entitled c oh! in text messages after she urged him to go to rehab to kick his drug habit, according to a new report. President Biden's 52-year-old druggy son, I'm reading from the New York Post, druggy son made the remarks in a string of text messages that he sent in 2018 as he, as the family were rallying to try to get him help. In one particular text sent to his brother Bo's widow, Haley Biden, who he was scandalously dating at the time, Hunter went off on the now first lady. F my stepmother for always being as much of a selfish, silly, entitled C as you. Oh, making friends and influencing people. He wrote as their brief relationship was deteriorating. So this is your dead brother's wife, who you started having a relationship with, and then you, in one text, say, "F Jill Biden for being as much as of a selfish, silly, entitled c as you." Wow. Uh, he also admitted to calling his stepmom an effing moron, a vindictive moron, and a separate text with his uncle James Biden, who is Joe's brother, in the text to his uncle. President Biden's brother, Hunter, said he had raged to Jill that he was smarter than her. And you do know that the drunkest I've ever been is still smarter than you could ever even comprehend. And you're a something grammar teacher that wouldn't survive one class in an Ivy graduate program, Hunter said in the text. How annoying is he? Oh, as an insufferable, as an entitled like 40 something Everything has been handed to you, crack addict, and you're telling other people how you're smarter than them, and they're mean because they're telling you to go to rehab?
3: And that Hunter, you couldn't you're last a loser! A second in my Ivy League world!
0: That you got into Ugh. because your dad was vice president. But um, he
3: is so capable, everybody from Chinese hedge funds to Ukrainian gas firms hire him and give him lots of money.
0: So go F yourself, Jill. Let's all agree I don't like you any more than you like me. And another text to his uncle, Hunter, bemoaned that his own father allegedly hadn't visited him during his prior rehab stints. Literally has never come to one, never actually called me while in rehab, so that's a little insane. Yeah, maybe he's trying to just give you a little tough love there since your life is a complete disaster. He never, unless this is being left out, like acknowledges (laughs) how screwed up he is and all the damage he has done to everyone around him, which is classic
3: you know, addict behavior. Needs to look in the mirror instead of snorting Coke off of it, huh? (laughs) (laughs) How about that? (laughs) Crack boy.
0: Call Um, me a C. If you Uh miss an hour, get the podcast Armstrong and Getty On Demand.
1: Armstrong. information.
0: Your perfect home, sweet home.
1: There are choices that can change your life.
0: Like the choice to start routine colorectal cancer screening at age 45.
1: It's one of the most common cancers for women and men. And it doesn't always have symptoms.
0: But there's good news. Routine screening can catch colorectal cancer early and even prevent it.
1: And there's even better news. You have screening options.
0: Make the choice to put your health first. Talk to your doctor about your
4: screening options. Or... Visit cdc.gov slash screenforlife for more information.